Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Fight fans, we welcome you into another edition of Inside Boxing Live. I'm your host, Dan Canobio. Thank you so much for joining us here for the next 30 minutes or so. We're going to take you through the world of boxing and everything that is going along with it. If you're watching us over on CompuBox TV, our YouTube page, thank you very much. You can also listen to the show on Apple Podcasts. If you want to stream it, you can watch it over on the Fubo Sports Network every single Friday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. A lot of ways uh, to get this show into your life. Life. Joining us on the program this week, Christina Poncha. You know her from ESPN and Top Rank. She'll be on the call for Terrence Crawford versus Kel Brook, uh, celebrating 10 years at Top Rank. She's been through a lot over at Top Rank. She's interviewed everyone. She's called the fights. She's an outstanding person and a great broadcaster and will give us her thoughts on Terrence Crawford and Kel Brook. A lot going on in the boxing world. And this Saturday night, we're going to see one of the pound-for-pound top guys in boxing, and that's Terrence Crawford. Yes, he is polarizing. He is talented, and he'll be in the ring with Kel Brook. This is Terrence Crawford by the numbers. Now, the name of the game in boxing is the Sweet Sciences Hit and don't get hit, and Crawford is sporting a 14.0 plus-minus rating. That rating is the highest among all active welterweights, and it's fifth in boxing in any weight class. Now, are we witnessing a little bit of a slippage, a little bit of a decline in Terrence Crawford? He is 33 years old. Go back to his last fight with, with Mean Machine. He was being outlanded 78-65 to 65 through the first three rounds, including... What was a controversial slippage that I thought was a knockdown, and I know a lot of fans and media thought it was a knockdown as well. Kavalaskis landed 118 total punches in that fight and 90 power shots. Those were the highest total ever on Terrence Crawford. Consider that that fight did not go the distance. I know he wants to say that he wanted to get in there and stand and trade. No one wants to get hit. No one wants to actively get hit on purpose. So maybe we are seeing a little bit of a slippage with Terrence Crawford. He's 33 years old. Father time waits for no one. But Terrence Crawford is a ferocious finisher. He still is deadly accurate. In fact, his power punch connect percentage, 48.8, is number two in all of boxing. It's only 0.2 away from Errol Spence for the lead in all of boxing. So if Terrence Crawford tees off on Kelly Brook, which many are believing he's going to do, you're looking at uh, a fighter with the highest power punch connect rate, close to 50%. And we know that when you're hovering around that 50% mark, you are almost uh, undefeated and you cannot lose. His defense is elite. We talked about his plus minus. Let's get a little more into it. He's only getting hit with 5.5 power punches per round. That's tops in the welterweight division. Opponents are only landing 21% of their total punches. So Terrence Crawford, polarizing, very uh, active and has great defense. The guy is a deserves all the praise and is at the top of the pound-for-pound list for a reason. On the other side of things, we're going to talk to top-ranking ESPN's Christina Poncher. She's coming up next. All right, it's time to bring Christina Poncher. She works for ESPN and Top Rank, and she's not just a, a good female broadcaster. She's a great broadcaster, period. We've got to hammer that home, and she joins us here on Inside Boxing Live. She'll be on the call this weekend for Terrence Crawford going up against Kell Brook. This is a long time in, in the making here, Christina. I'm so happy to have you on 
Inside Boxing Live. How's everything out in California? Um, everything's going well. Thank you for having me. I mean, I'm just waiting, you know, for the call because you've had so many great guests. And I'm like, when is, you know, but when are you going to call? I've, I've been seeing other people say, oh, well, finally you're going on with Dan. So, so here we are. Here we are. Better you, late than never. Exactly. Years and years in the making. And big fight coming up this, this weekend. You'll be on the call. Uh, ESPN and Top Rank has been on a wonderful run. Uh, of uh, great fights over the, this this second half of, of 2020, making the best of it from the bubble straight up until uh, December. Obviously, Burchelt uh, falling out of that fight is it, 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 that's it, that's that stinks. But we got a big one this weekend: Terence Crawford, Kell Brook. And I did the math. First of all, congratulations on 10 years uh, with Top Rank. I mean, 10 years in any profession is impressive. 10 years in boxing—that's like 70 years. That's like dog years in boxing. Seriously, like I said, I mean, I, maybe I started with them. I was like 14 years old, yeah, you know. So, ten, you know, do the math. I, I've been I've been in boxing for a while, but um, it's really honestly gone by in the blink of an eye. And I feel very fortunate and feel very blessed to have the longevity that I have had in uh, in boxing, especially as you know the toll that it can take on you with um, various aspects of it. But I'm very thankful that. I've been given the opportunity. I think part of it is because they've continued to move me up the ladder, if you will, and kind of help me shatter a, a glass ceiling or two, which has kept me very motivated in the position that I'm in. And I'm excited about the fight this weekend. Terrence, Fred, I, I didn't, wasn't sure if we were going to see him in the bubble or not, but we need <laughs> to get him in action. And he's a fighter that, you know, pound for pound, people have him anywhere from one to three. And when you get an opportunity to get a guy – uh, fighting fans or no fans, no matter what, I mean, it's always good for the sport to get guys like him back in action. And I'm looking forward to uh, calling the fight alongside my broadcast partner for this one, Chris Algieri, uh, to the international audience, which should be pretty big, considering, obviously, the uh, the other side of the fight and Kel Brook and his fans from the UK. Of course, yes. And the reason I, I brought up the, the 10 years is because you know, you start in 2010, Terrence Crawford made his debut in 2008. All his fights have been with top ranks. So you've seen a lot wow. of Terrence Crawford. You've seen him mature over the years. You've seen him go from, from a highly rated prospect to contender to champion to now on, the, on top of that pound for pound list or, or wherever, wherever you have him. So you know what makes this guy tick. One of the most polarizing figures in boxing, one of the most talented figures in boxing, without really saying a lot either. You've interviewed him inside that ring. You've interviewed him before. That. He's one of the toughest interviews to possibly do. But just what makes him tick? Like, In your opinion, where is he at right now at age 33 in his career? Um, well, you're spot on with everything you've said about him. And I don't know. I mean, part of what makes him tick, I think, is the fact that he has been an underdog for a lot of his career. Now, I don't think very many people thought when he burst onto the scene, probably in that Freitas Prescott fight was maybe his first announcement to everybody that hadn't been have a vast amateur career. Um, and he wasn't pushed by a major promoter early on until he ended up signing with Top Rank. He did have some pro fights before that point. And I think that Freitas Prescott fight that he took on short notice against a bigger guy on HBO was a, was a coming out party for him. And ever since then, I think he's just, he's from where he's from. He just has a chip on his shoulder. It's just how he grew up from his mom telling him at a young age, you're not going to be expletive, you know, um, motivating him in that way. Coming from a not so great area, uh, being undersized, all of those things, I think, added that chip on his shoulder. And now it's even more so because people question his resume. He knows it. Um, that's why he talks about it all the time. And I think that that's been a big challenge in this, you know, I guess you would call it the second half of his career. And albeit, you know, Kel Brook having a, a really resume and, and some may argue considering the 
Kel Brook has faced, I think that he's still motivated and he still um, he still ticks because he's waiting for that big fight for him. He's he has had big fights. Obviously, Ndongo was a big fight, making him a unified 140 pound champ. He was champ at 135. You know, every the postal fight I feel was a big fight at the time. I feel like people discredit that win, but. If you go back and you read the articles and things leading up to that fight, I mean, there's a lot of people that questioned where he stood on that 140-pound list when he got that opportunity. So I think this is another solid fight for him that can be made at this point. But he, he needs that, that big signature fight, and um, I really hope that we get that in, in 2021. I really do. It's just good to see him in the ring. Like you, you brought up the fact that we didn't know if we were going to see him in the bubble because he, he was very, uh, what's the word? He was out there putting out his statements in terms of fighter pay and, you know, I'm not going to do this. But he's in there. He's in the bubble and, and rightfully so. And everything that, that kind of follows along Terrence Crawford has to do with his resume. He can't go anywhere without people bringing up Errol Spence, bringing up Sean Porter, bringing up who have you fought. You know, I put, I put the punch stats out all week long, and every response is, yeah, but he's fought nobody. He's fought nobody. If you take a deeper look, you can see that he has fought decent opponents. Okay. <laughs> I'm hearing the, the commercial. Sorry. <laughs> That's my two-and-a-half-year-old son that I am trying to hand things to to keep him occupied in the meantime. And Kingston's anxious to make his, you know, debut with you as we well. We have but... Kingston's debut. We have Christina Poncho's debut and Kingston's debut here on, <laughs> oh, on Inside Boxing Love. But, but, but yeah, what I'm yeah. trying to say about Crawford is is he, he can't go anywhere without dodging the resume questions. It, it, it follows him everywhere he goes. I, I posted punch stats all week long. They're outstanding. You know, he, he he's his plus minus is, is top five in all of boxing. He leads in, in numerous, uh, you know, uh, categories at welterweight. But everyone just replies with, who is he fought? Who is he fought? But if you take a look at that, you can just explain. He's fought a lot of championship caliber opponents, just not the the name. So, uh, do you get the sense that you know he's tired of answering those questions, and and, and it's something that you're going to always be asked about when it comes to Terence Crawford as well? I do. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think he's tired of answering the questions. I feel like he's doing all that he probably feels like he can on his part to try to make these fights happen. Um, you've seen the Ellie Sackback ES News video about confronting. Um, Spence face to face like let's put a mill on it like let's go let's make it happen yeah. and then obviously nobody could predict that the car accident was going to happen etc mm -hmm. um, he went and got a belt at 47 uh, I think that he's been pushing for a Manny Pacquiao fight because since Pacquiao was with top rank so um, some blame obviously goes on the promoter I think some blame goes on the other side and I think that he is tired of it and I think that if the opportunity came even if it meant that he had to take a little less money or you know, maybe it be on Fox versus ESPN and a rematch be on ESPN, similar to the Fury Wilder situation. I think he'd be about it because he knows at this point he needs it. Yeah. Boxing he, needs it. Yeah, he, he's tired of just looking at those notifications. I mean, that's, it, it is what that's that's a crazy thing to say now uh, in, in in boxing. Now is when you go on Twitter and you open it up, and he's on Twitter and he sees just everyone barraging him. You know, the fans just have an easier uh, path to let it be known that they're they're unhappy with your opponents and, and whatnot. I'm sure that plays a role in it in terms of in all the media questions too. You know, we've been in those scrums. I would say 98% of the questions to Crawford uh, are about when you're going to fight Spence, when you're going to fight someone from the PBC uh, and so forth. But I'm going to actually talk about the fight. I think it's an intriguing fight. Uh, I think this is Kelbrook's last stand. Obviously, he had a lot of success years back. Hasn't fought at welterweight in three years. The last time he fought at welterweight uh, was against Errol Spence in 2017 when he lost the belt um you know Crawford is a, is a slow starter we saw that in his last fight 
with uh, Mean Machine. I think Mean Machine actually outlanded him 78 to 65 through the first three rounds. There was that controversial slippage knockdown. I thought it was a knockdown. But, you know, in terms of, of Kel Brook's path to victory, he's going to have to ambush Crawford. But that comes with a price because Terrence Crawford is an outstanding counterpuncher. How do you see this fight breaking out on Saturday? Um, I agree with your point about him being somewhat of a slow starter. I think it was a big knock on him kind of early on his, in his career, despite uh, getting wins regardless, obviously undefeated fighter. And I think that some of it is just kind of calculating and figuring out, loading that computer, kind of like a Lomachenko, if you will. Some of the greats just, they understand that it's, it's a 12-round fight. And he, I think in this fight too, uh, primarily because of Kell Brook's size, and mind you, Kell Brook looks like he's in phenomenal shape. Like I know there was talk about if he's going to make weight or not, and even you know Crawford shot a dig at him at Wilder Fury uh, too about like, well, you just make weight kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't think that that's going to be an issue this time, but I do think the first half of the fight will be very interesting to see the game plan that Kell Brook puts into place and how um, he tries to impose his will and his size um, on Crawford early and maybe steal some of those early rounds because, as you mentioned, even in the Kavalowskis fight, um, getting outworked in those first couple of rounds. This is also the longest layoff of Terrence Crawford's career. Yeah. Uh, not that he's never in the gym or in phenomenal shape, but it is something to be said about that. Uh, no fans, nobody like, you know, his, without his family there who have been a presence ringside every single fight and, and especially fighting in Omaha and the energy that that helps bring. So it, there's, a, there's some different dynamics here. Also, Kell Brook, um, with a new trainer, a different trainer. And, you know, coming into a situation here in the bubble for him will be different. So it'll re it'll be interesting to see how this fight plays out early. Um, I don't make predictions on fights that I call. I really see that fight picking up probably about midway, maybe rounds five or round six. Another question is uh, how will Kell Brook's eyes, eye sockets, face hold up as well? Um, we know he's coming off surgery. He's had some metal plates obviously winning the last three fights hasn't really been an issue but i mean none of them the caliber of fighter as terrence crawford i mean terrence crawford is a slow starter but he is a ferocious finisher take a look uh at the results of his last 10 or 11 12 fights a lot of ko's in there the guy has uh what you call a killer instinct something i asked him uh a few months back and he just said from from my dad just from being around and it's funny because it's you could see him now pass that on to his kids if you check out mm -hmm. his sons and what they do on the wrestling mat it is some scary thing so the crawford family you can see that they all have that that chip on their shoulder uh that you talked about And I wanted to ask you about, you know, calling undercard fights and serving in your role with, with top rank, you know, being with these fighters from their debuts, you know, straight up to their to, to them fighting for, for, for titles, seeing them be, go from contender to champion. Going to rewind a little bit. It must have been a thrill for you to be on the call for Tiafimo Lopez and Vasily Lomachenko, two fighters that you were practically with from the start of their career right up to that point. Yeah, Dan. I mean, I think for me, that's one of the greatest things about being in the sport and being with top rank as long as I have, because now we're in this um, part of my career where I have covered these guys since their pro debut. When I started and I was covering guys like Cotto and Marquez and Pacquiao and even Shane Mosley Pacquiao and, um, you know, Chavez Jr., I wasn't there for the beginning. I, they were already established superstars by the time I came onto the scene. And 
I gained my respect, but it's a different level of respect alongside guys that you've seen their entire journey and you've been there with. You mentioned Crawford being one of the toughest interviews in the game. I feel very fortunate that I've had great success in being able to interview him because he's seen my grind just as I've seen mm-hmm. his coming up. And Vasily Lomachenko, I when he signed with Top Rank, I was the first one to interview him off the plane um, on his way to the Top Rank offices. Um, same thing with Tiafimo Lopez in the Top Rank gym, and he'll tell you a story. He came in looking like a highlighter from headband to shirt on this neon yellow bright and I'm like who is this kid I'm like come here and I gave him a little pep talk like pep talk like don't let your clothes and everything else be what announces your presence let what you do in the ring let how you let your hands you know we, we just throw out back and forth and he remembers that conversation you know to this day and being able to cover his fight then seeing them fight so to your point it's been an absolute joy and I think that it's what what has really helped in the development of my career and, and made me more prepared for the role I have today is being able to see these guys' development and their stories and gain their trust and um, really have that great rapport with them considering I've grinded it out on other cards when they weren't making much and I wasn't making much to where we are now. <laughs> it's so true. There's so many parallels. And, you know, being able to, in your what you were doing before calling fights, you know, interviewing these guys at the workouts, you know, you know, talking to them, you know, in the ring after the fight, which at their highest, their most adrenaline and the, the highest peak, it's interesting, and I think you bring up Tiafimo. I think uh, a lot of fans are starting to see the personality of Tiafimo Lopez. Um, they are, and he's. I I think that a lot of us inside Top Rank believed that he was going to be a star. It just takes time and the right opportunity, and being able to capitalize on that moment. You see now pictures floating around with him when he was young, and the swagger that he had, <laughs> and taking pictures with all the champs and everything. And I'm I'm really happy that uh, he's been able to live up to expectations at this point not that he had a lot but I think that sometimes when you walk around like that and you say things and his father is quite outspoken um, the fact that you're able to get in the ring each and every time and back it up means more than than anything else and in an era where you know we don't really know what the future of pay-per-view is going to bring and things like that I mean it's kind of it, it is not kind of important I think it is very important to have that whole package and absolutely. I think that he's he's absolutely one of those guys. And I think that that's part of the thing that's tough about some of the other superstars that Top Rank has. And, I mean, when you have a few of the best pound-for-pound fighters in the world, like a Lomachenko or a Terrence Crawford, but they don't scream personality or even with, in a way, where there's a language barrier, it becomes very tough to make these guys, at times, pay-per-view stars. Absolutely. And I think... Uh, uh, discounting fury because we all know what he is i think that probably that next one for top rank will be tfimo lopez perfect segue into, into my next question it's almost like you're been reading my notes here in terms of top rank and their talent right now i mean i think they have four unified champions that they should uh, or have or maybe a fifth when fury if he does fight uh joshua and he comes away that'll be five unified champions just take a look at some of the talent that's at top rank right now this is a long illustrious uh company and they've had some of the biggest names underneath their banner but you know, as you just illustrated tyson fury you know terence crawford tifimo lopez anue taylor ramirez and if you go down a little bit you know towards guys that are on their way up i mean edgar berlanga this dude is is box office and, and just talk about about shakur. top rank shakur stevenson i don't know why i always <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna kill me because i do someone pointed out on twitter too where i forgot to mention i don't know why it slips my mind shakur stevenson 100 if you're watching it, shakur you are an outstanding talent and you're on the rise or you already have established yourself but top rank is in general right now is just has so much talent and it must be just a, a treat for you uh you know week in week out to, to work there and to call these fights 
It really is. And I think the, one of the coolest things is like almost everyone you named is like from a different place, from a different right. country, comes with a different, you know, background. And it's been it's been amazing. And I think that being able to see these guys unify, particularly you mentioned having um, the unified champs that we do, it's so important these days. And being able to work with other promoters to make fights like that happen because there's so many champions, there's so many belts. And with all this talk about across the street and in a like co-main event, you're seeing Joshua Franco and, and Maloney, and that's a golden boy in a top rank, and they're making it happen again in a rematch. And you see them make it happen with Fury and Wilder and you know whatever they got to do when with when Inouye is ready to unify. And I mean, there's fighters, and we're particularly strong through 140 pounds. Um, I think that. 54, 60, 68, 70, you know, cruiserweight were not as strong there. But then you look at the heavyweights, and we have a ton of young heavyweights mm -hmm. as well, some middle-of-the-road guys, and then obviously the top. So it's it's a very exciting time, and I feel like had the pandemic not happened, even we, we'd get maybe more of these guys in action. But the promise of a unification fight with Taylor and Ramirez coming up is is exciting. And as you mentioned, Fury has a fight and Joshua has a fight, but let's there's obviously trending in the right direction for that to take place. So a lot of exciting things. We just saw Inouye make his top rank debut and what a spectacular performance that was. Berlanga's back on Shakur's card on the twelfth. Yeah. So um, some some really, really good things happening and it is an exciting place to be and I'm very, very fortunate to be in the position that I am. Well, Christina, I'm very happy you made your uh, inside boxing live debut. Hopefully we have you on a lot more. You're doing outstanding work, calling fights, you know, being a trailblazer. And then want to get into all that because you're more than just that. You're a great broadcaster and there's a great good person too. A lot, there's a lot of negativity in boxing. I like to gravitate towards the people that are positive and uh, that's certainly uh, you there. And continue to do the good work with, with Chris Algeri on the call this Saturday. Thank you so much for joining us here. Dan, thank you for having me. Super proud of you and everything that you've done. And you know, seeing you now on TV on this inside PBC stuff has been phenomenal. What you do here, your two minutes uh, <laughs> boxing recap is one of my favorite things. Um, so just keep crushing it, doing what you're doing. Good things happen for good people. You are one of those. You are trending in the right direction. So just keep going and, and keep doing your thing. And I, I'm proud to be here with you. And hopefully we'll do this again sometime. Wow. Thank you. Check is in the mail. We'll see you next time. Just how you wrote it, right? Yep. <laughs>some news and notes before we say goodbye on this episode canelo alvarez sent some shockwaves to the boxing world when he announced that he is a free agent no more with oscar de la hoya and the as well there was reports that a fight with him and Cato plant could be made potentially on fox pay-per-view or maybe showtime pay-per-view i like that fight i think a lot of boxing fans weighed in they liked it as well but it seems like those negotiations have stalled they need when you put it together a pay-per-view you need a lot of time to plan it out you need a lot of time to, to make that push especially with Canelo Alvarez and especially on a new platform so that fight seems like it's dead on arrival I wouldn't be surprised if it gets moved to sometime in 2021 whether it has fans or not Caleb Plant is a, a titleist and him versus Canelo Alvarez is a great thing Canelo Alvarez being a free agent is a great thing I've talked about this a lot on on a past show he can really flex his muscle go fight to fight make the biggest fights possible yes he is he's betting on himself and he's taking a risk by not having that guaranteed rate of 35 million per fight. But this allows him to fight the best guys. You can't put a price tag on freedom. And Canelo Alvarez is a free agent in every sense of the word. One fight we know that is definitely not happening. That's
that's Ryan Garcia versus Luke Campbell. Luke Campbell tested positive for COVID-19. Potentially see that fight in December 19th. That would be a quick turnaround from the December 5th supposedly date to December 19th. That's only two weeks, but supposedly Campbell is is out of quarantine and he wants the fight uh, before the end of the year. So potentially we see that fight. A lot of swirling things going on in boxing. A lot to keep up with, as always. We always got it locked here on Inside Boxing Live. We'll see you next week.